Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Livingston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is a method and language of integrated practice. It brings the worlds of therapy and conditioning together and helps them become more powerful and more practical. If you live in one or both of these worlds or you use the services of a therapist or conditioning coach, you know that sometimes they don't see eye to eye. They aren't on the same page. Reconditioning provides a time-tested process for aligning these two worlds and creating impactful solutions to performance problems. Follow them at ReconditioningHQ on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or become a member of their Facebook group, Reconditioning HQ Revolution, and join the Reconditioning Revolution. We can't grow this podcast without you, the listener, or the support of our amazing sponsors. This year, we are pleased to announce the support of Matrix Fitness, one of the largest commercial fitness brands in the world and one of the fastest growing in the industry. Matrix Fitness produces training tools that focus on improving the training experience for athletes and coaches alike. With equipment that focuses on building speed, power, and explosive performance in the most efficient manner, Matrix has partnered with some of the top sporting organizations in the world. As a global brand with local support, the Matrix performance team assists their customers with solutions, research, and training protocols so coaches can focus on what they do best, help athletes prepare for competition, and getting better. For more information, please request their sports performance package from their Canadian Director of Education, Annie.Vilnive at matrixfitness.com and mention the Leave Your Mark podcast to qualify for your 20% discount. Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm Scott Livingston and today I have the honor of speaking with Craig Ballantyne. Craig is known by his clients as the world's most disciplined man, but he was born lazy and introverted and also suffered crippling anxiety attacks. He then spent years inventing systems that make success automatic for anyone. He built his turbulence training fitness business to over 151,000 customers and 15 million YouTube views and owns earlytorise.com. His first book, The Perfect Day Formula, has helped over 35,000 high performers own the day and take back control of their lives. Today, Craig coaches entrepreneurs to make more money and work less using the techniques in his Wall Street Journal bestseller, Unstoppable. The new book, The Perfect Week Formula, I'm pleased to have him on the show today. Welcome, Craig. Hey, thanks so much, Scott. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been, um, well, many years since your, yours and I path crossed. And it was funny, in doing my research for this, I actually looked up, and that's the world of online now, your interview with me, and I think it was 2003, and the questions wow. that you asked. And I actually found it. <laughs> that was wacky. <laughs> it, it, it's awesome. You know, I think maybe we met in 99 was the first hockey convention that I went to. I remember Mike Boyle spoke at it. It was in Montreal. So I imagine you were probably there. It's, yeah. it's really neat to see how far so many people have come. Well, I, I ran that. And ironically, actually, I'm oh, running, cool. I'm bringing it back this summer. We're going to run it to uh, June 27, 28. Mike's coming up to speak. And uh, oh, so that's amazing. <laughs> it's kind of a good circuitous uh, reconnect with you. So thank you for coming on. And you've done lots of things, I guess, since since last we ran into each other. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a different path. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting and very circuitous and looking doing some of the research is quite cool. I see uh, from what uh, you said at one point in an interview that you grew up on a farm. Where was the farm? And uh, Stratford, Ontario, like Stratford, man. Ontario. I mean, Rob Blake came through there. Justin Bieber's from there. You know, all the <laughs> hockey superstars are, are, you know, went through Stratford at one point. I mean, when I grew up, Eddie Olchuk, uh, you know, was the big star there. So we had some really great players. Nelson Emerson came through there. Wow. And, and it was really a cool hockey town. But when you're in a really great hockey town and you're not like a superstar, you just like, huh, kind of feel <laughs> like you're not actually that good at hockey. But it, it was really great growing up there. And I still go back there a lot. Wow. And so you're, you had a family farm and everybody kind of worked on the farm. Is that, that was your kind of growing yeah, up? Yeah, it wasn't a dairy farm. So, I mean, you know, dairy farms are pretty labor intensive. We had a, a beef cattle farm and, you know, a lot of it was automated and that stuff. But, I, you know, I certainly was working on the farm when I was eight years old, but I got a real job off the farm at about 
13 years old, making $2 and 85 cents an hour. I remember my first paycheck. <laughs> when you describe yeah. yourself as lazy and introverted as a kid, like what, are you serious? Like you didn't like doing work or you were, well, you yeah, know, I mean, manual labor, I didn't like doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, manual labor, not so much, but on the flip side, you know, I can sit in front of a computer and work a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that I, I was willing to work, you know, 12 hour days, even when I went to university and got the master's degree in, in science and stuff, I would work those 12 hour days so that I didn't have to work eight hours digging ditches for $2 and 85 cents an hour, like I did when I was a kid. So, <laughs> so there, you know, there's certain sides of me where I will work really hard, but then on the flip side, I will, uh, avoid things as much as possible. So I don't like doing household chores and stuff like that. And I figure if I make a bunch of money, then I can just get other people to do it for me. So I'm selectively lazy, which actually helps you in certain areas of life too. <laughs> Good call. I like that uh, philosophy. Um, you, so you're on the farm. What dri- what's the driver for you to get into uh, education and to actually educate yourself? Like a lot, of, a lot of kids who grow up in a farm end up taking over from, for dad or whatever. What, what drove you to go to school? Well, I think it was just when I was young, I really was bored a lot. So I I started reading and through the reading, it was just, you know, as I mentioned before, I was really drawn to that learning and knowledge sort of things. And then when I went, as I got older, I realized that I couldn't play in the National Hockey League, but I figured I want to get there somehow because, you know, it's like most young kids in Canada, so, so enthralled with hockey and I wanted to have a career in it. And so up until age 25, that's what I was going for all the time. You know, when we first met, I was 24 mm-hmm. in uh, Montreal and I was doing the master's degree because I looked at all the guys like you and, and people who were like maybe a couple years ahead of me and everybody who was a strength coach in the National Hockey League had master's degree and certified strength and conditioning specialist. So at least most of them did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them had the therapy route as well. So I was going down that because that was that was my dream in a way and i connected the dots to get me there Mm -hmm. so you go to mcmaster what was the driver to go to mcmaster or choice of being that your being your school um i think i looked around at waterloo university which was actually too science heavy and i never got in there anyways which was good because i think i would have ended up not having any or very much practical approach and then uh, I knew a few other people in the program at McMaster and very fortunate that you know, there was a couple of gentlemen, a guy named Duncan McDougall and Digby mm-hmm. Sale. They, mm-hmm. they were probably some of the best researchers in the world at practical applications of the science. You know, they really did some weird stuff. They did everything from simulating Mount Everest uh, conditions where people spent like 24 hours or, or even a couple days inside an oxygen chamber where they simulated being on Mount Everest for something. And then they were the first guys to do muscle biopsies and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it was pretty archaic lab situation, as you can imagine, you know, underfunded Canadian university, et cetera. But what they did with the, with the tools they had were groundbreaking at the time, which then led to them working with some teams and and that led to me having some opportunities. So I was very fortunate that I got into that school and was able to continue on and do the master's degree at that school as well. Do do you know Greg Lehman? Greg Lehman. I don't know him personally. No, he went to McMaster and uh, around the same, I think maybe a little, he's a little younger than you, but I just interviewed him the other day and he's quite a character as well, but he went to McMaster. So there's a lot of really, I mean, that was those two guys you just mentioned and uh, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on them, but I think some people have sort of forgotten in, in the Canadian world of performance, what these guys meant to sort of strength, strength training and the history of those guys, the research that they did, it must've been, what did you learn about character from those two guys that you, that maybe you transcended? with? Well, I I definitely learned uh, attention to detail and Mm -hmm. I learned that these guys were open-minded, you know, they were the kind of guys who just wanted to learn from other people and that, you know, they had connections all around the world. And that was the kind of thing that, and I actually, I learned a lot about teaching styles from them too. I was, you know, Digby Sale had this really dry sense of humor and like you wouldn't expect a lot of jokes from him, but he had them very well choreographed. And today I actually do a lot of speaking and I still use some of the stuff that I learned from him. And then I was just really loved the way that they simplified the science and, you know, a couple hundred 
20 year old kids could understand some very deep concepts. Mm -hmm. So I was just grateful for that opportunity. Um, they were, they helped bridge the gap, but then, you know, there was to go to like, uh, you know, the university level of strength and conditioning in America was totally different world for, Mm -hmm. for them. And so they, sometimes they were like pretty negative about that, that they, you know, like, Oh, those guys aren't doing it right or whatever. So mm-hmm. you had to maybe sometimes get past that because there's obviously a, a more practical and tactical approach when you're working with a hundred kids in, in a gym at the same mm-hmm. time. So tell me you finished at McMaster and you just mentioned, you know, your dream sort of work in the NHL or work in pro hockey or whatever it was. What, what either deflates that balloon or shifts you in a direction to going more into fitness in the fitness field? So it's yeah, it's a great question. It was a really pivotal moment. So, you know, up until 99, I was really on that train, you know, went to your event. I actually in 1999 sent a letter to every single GM or, or I don't know, whoever I could find for every team with a resume. And it was really nice. You know, Ken Dryden actually wrote me. He was the GM of the Leafs at the time. He wrote me a personal letter. There was a couple other guys who wrote me actual letters. There was a couple teams that said that that replied back and said, you know, the position's full. And then, of course, I didn't hear from a lot of the other ones, too. But, you know, that will always stick with me that he took the time to write that letter. And then the the most pivotal moment was in in 2000 when I was coming to the end of my master's degree and I was looking for you know, where am I going to go and work next? And I had actually started an email newsletter in 1999, which is showing you that at the end of the day, I'm just a nerd who wants to be behind a computer. And, (laughs) and, you know, unless so like, I, you know, like, for example, our mutual friend, Matt Nickel, I mean, that guy just wants to be in the gym all Mm -hmm. the time. And he doesn't want to be behind a computer. I'm the exact opposite of Matt. I want to be behind a computer. And when I'm in the gym with people, I'm thinking about being behind a computer and writing about what I'm doing in the gym at that moment. So in 2000, I sent one of my email newsletters to Lou Schuler, a guy whose name I think a bunch of people recognize. He's done a lot of stuff with Alan Cosgrove and Mike Boyle. And Lou Schuler was the fitness editor at Men's Health Magazine at the time, biggest publication in the world. And I just randomly found his email address on the national, uh, the NSCA strength and conditioning job board. And he said he had made this post that they were looking for writers. So I send this email newsletter to him and I can remember exactly which one it was. It was about shoulder training and stuff like that. And, he, you know, it just happened to reach him at the right time. And he said, Hey, we'll put this in the magazine, this little piece in the magazine. And then I started getting more and more work from them because what I realized was most strength and conditioning coaches are too busy to be checking their email all the time. And, and magazines need people to be checking their email all the time because they have these deadlines. And I was a guy who checked my email all the time and got back to them (laughs) on time. And so I was the guy who was getting all this work for men's health magazine, men's health magazine, Articles led to working for uh, doing some stuff on the Men's Health Forum, which then allowed uh, led to me figuring out that people wanted programs from me. And I just started creating very basic workout programs that, uh, you know, a guy could use at home, the average men's health reader. And I, I actually describe it as imagine, you know, Jim from The Office. Everybody's watched The Office, I'm sure. And, and everybody recommend, uh, recognizes Jim from The Office. Uh, you know, eventually Jim gets married. He has a couple of kids and he, you know, he lives in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he has a 20 minute drive to work, maybe even an hour drive to work. And he works all day for a boss that's a jerk and he goes home and then he has to play with the kids and then he has to spend time with the wife. And at nine o'clock, he finally gets 30 minutes to go down to the basement to his rusty old dumbbells. And I was creating programs for that person. And I enjoyed it. A lot of my friends were in that situation. And that then led me to switching my focus from the strength and conditioning world over to, you know, Jim from the office, essentially. (laughs) That's a cool story. Our sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com, is back this year with a big lineup of courses across the country and beyond. The practice of reconditioning is literally changing the way we see physical preparation. This is an approach that brings the worlds of therapy and performance together that helps you as a practitioner build more robust clients. Not just rehab injuries or train for fitness and performance, but make people more robust. Life isn't about surviving longer, it's about thriving. 
and Reconditioning HQ is offering a life mentorship program called Empower You, totally designed to help human performance professionals live their best life. After all we do for others, shouldn't we do our best work for ourselves? If you have an interest in ice hockey, ReconditioningHQ.com, Perform Better, and Matrix Fitness are bringing the best in hockey performance to Mont Tremblant, Quebec, June 27th to 28th, and it's going to be epic. Check out all of their course offerings on ReconditioningHQ.com. So you get into this fitness paradigm, you're, you, you build this concept called turbulence training. I mean, I guess this is all through the middle uh, 2000s. And at the same time, you, you describe that you're, you've got issues you're dealing with around anxiety and stuff. What, what are you fundamentally anxious about? Is it that you're, and, and, or can you even put a dot on it now as you look back? Is it that you don't feel you're doing what you should be doing? Is it that you are running away from something? What's driving that in you at that time? Well, I think it's nothing goes fast enough for me and, and still doesn't, but I have better ways of dealing with that. So, you know, I'm always thinking in the future, that's just, that is actually a benefit to my coaching clients that I work with these days, because most people don't think into the future. But, you know, if you asked me what I was doing on November 17th, 2020, you know, we're doing this in February, I would know exactly what I'm doing at three o'clock in the afternoon. Whereas, you know, most people obviously don't think like that. So I had that aspect. Um, then, you know, kind of socially anxious and introverted. You know, when I know somebody, I I can have a conversation with them. But it was always that, you know, getting to know them, you know, being in networking events. Like going to your event was difficult for a person like me. And I know a lot of people listening to this would would relate to it. You know, you go to a room of strangers and there's certain people that thrive in that environment. And then there's people that, you know, they get by. And then there's people that really dread it, which mm. is what I really did. I really dreaded it. And so it was a combination of of those things. And I also had a hypocritical lifestyle. Uh, I think, again, a lot of strength and conditioning coaches, especially those in the high, well, actually pretty much every strength and conditioning coach, um, <laughs> is that, you know, you, you work really hard and then you, you know, you have a few beers and sometimes a few beers leads to a lot more than a few beers. And mm. I've been around strength and conditioning events where, you know, a lot of guys are like that. So mm. you have that all week long, I'm telling people in men's health magazine and in that world to eat well, and I'm a personal trainer and I'm, you know, working with some of the wealthiest people in Canada and, you know, telling them to eat well and exercise and all this stuff. And you're good six days a week. And then, this, you know, Saturday afternoon, I go to the pub with my friends and, you know, next thing you know, it's four o'clock in the morning and you've been drinking. And then on Monday morning, you feel pretty regretful and hypocritical about it. And I think that was a, another combination in, in addition to how my brain is wired, you know, super type A, that sort of stuff. So all those things combined with, the physical stress of working a lot and partying a lot, you know, living in Toronto and there's lots of stuff to do. And it was around the holiday time where there's extra stuff to do and, and really reduction on your sleep and drinking and catching up with people and, you know, not, nothing too crazy or anything. But the next thing, you know, I had these anxiety attacks and they came and went and I had to learn a lot of techniques, you know, a lot of techniques that, in 2005, I, well, yeah, in 2005, and especially in like 2000, I was like, oh, I'm never doing yoga. I'm never doing this. I've never, you know, Tai Chi and Qigong, never even heard of Qigong <laughs> and all this stuff that, you know, I highly recommend to everybody now and meditation and all those things that a lot of people try and quit on pretty quick because it's difficult to get into them. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm heavily involved in them now, but I'm very consistent with them. And those things helped me with that as well. In addition to talking to people about, you know, my struggles and then journaling, but then also improving my ability to be social and speak and do these podcasts and all that sort of stuff. Just getting the junk out, outside of my head, because a lot of people with anxiety, they, they let their wheels spin, the anxiety engine rev and everything. They just suffer in silence and they bottle it all up. But the more you bottle a bunch of stuff up, the greater the explosion is going to be. So mm -hmm. that's what I went through. That's how I overcame it. Those are some of my notes and, and tips for people to, to likewise deal with it. And so if anybody is dealing with anxiety and more than 5% of the population deals with it, just understand that you can get through it. You're going to be able to overcome it. Um, now I've have tons of tools in the toolbox so that if I have a bunch of caffeine or a stressful day, 
I'll never worry about an anxiety attack because whether it's breathing or journaling or talking to somebody, there's a million things that I can do that, that help my body deal with that. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you attribute your, I mean, you talked about this future sort of sight vision piece, but what do you attribute you sort of your ability to f- foresee perhaps and, or to understand the value of technology? Like you, you were obviously an early adopter of, you know, all of these things, which has kind of got you into really attributed to wh- where you are now from a success perspective. What, what's, what's that about you? What, can you pin the tail on that donkey, so to speak for me? Yeah. I, and I think it's the same way that anybody that most people are successful in most areas of life is it's a lot of collecting and connecting of the dots. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, you go all the way back to 1998. The, one of the first things that I was able to connect as a dot was, you know, I came across and and most guys of our age, Scott will recognize this website, you know, T nation or T muscle Mm -hmm. testosterone Mm -hmm. or whatever it was called back then, you know, Charles Poliquin was writing on that and all these guys, you know, I think Boyle was writing on it way back in the day. There's a very popular website. And as soon as I saw that website, you know, my egotistical mind thought, well, I can do this too. You know, I, I like to write and I've got my opinions. And so I started my email newsletter and I started my email newsletter in 1999 and I ran it through Hotmail. I had 3000 people on my email list. All of the emails were kept in a Word document and you could only send out an email to 50 people at a time in Hotmail and it was all BCC'd. I remember actually, I was at your event in Montreal with a couple of uh, guys I had met and I had to go and send my email out through Hotmail and I was, you know, came back an hour later, but it was all 50 people at a time. And, you know, so I, I was making stuff up. I was, I was going along, like figuring out the technology and stuff just because it was the nerd in me combined with all the knowledge I had built. Plus I was seeing other people doing it. And so it's a matter of exposure and whether it's, you know, somebody who's, you know, become really, really great at rehabbing groin injuries or whatever, you know, sports hernias or whatever they call them these days, mm-hmm. you know, they've done that through their base knowledge. Plus they've been around a lot of people. Plus they have read outside of the area and that's brought them ideas. And the next thing you know, they've invented some kind of novel technique that nobody else had put together the the dots on. And, you know, Steve Jobs actually had this uh, quote about you, you only connect the dots looking backwards. And it's the same thing like that. You know, that's how they invented the iPhone and sort of stuff. And you can, you know, whatever you've invented or I've invented, you know, invented is, you know, quote unquote, because nothing's really new, but we've all kind of connected the dots of our past and our expertise to come up with something, a new approach. Mm-hmm. whether it's ART, like when, you know, people came up with or some of the other things or a new approach to strength training or whatever it is, it's slightly different. And it's all from that. So that's, that was how I got to my position. I want to take a minute to connect you to our newest sponsor, Zenkai Sports, who are here with a question for you. Why do we sweat? Our body is perfectly designed to cool us down, but most apparel companies use moisture-wicking fabrics that remove our sweat, which makes us overheat faster and actually hurts our performance. Zenkai uses cutting-edge technology that repels sweat and other liquids. Zenkai Apparel lets the sweat stay on your skin, keeping you cool for longer and repelling odor-causing bacteria. This means Zenkai Apparel can be worn 10, 15, 20 times with no washing required. This lowers your carbon footprint and saves money, so you can be a hero with your planet and your family. Join the revolution for better apparel technology. What's in your ZNA? We've partnered with Zenkai, so if you head over to www.zenkaisports.com and use the discount code LYM20, you'll get 20% off your entire order. In you that, that creates a shift from, you know, training people and helping people be fit to what you're, you know, seeing that you could maybe help more people, you could scale the concept and and start to look at how you actually influence people. What, what ignites that in you to go beyond just, you know, training people on a daily basis? I, I think at a fundamental level that I wasn't I didn't only want to do fitness stuff that I really Mm. wanted to help people grow businesses. And Mm. I think at the end of the day is when I see people frustrated in something, I generally think the solution is pretty simple. 
whether it's money management, whether it is learning new skills in, in you know, getting into a new career or, or losing 40 pounds of belly fat or getting stronger. You know, this stuff is pretty simple, but we see a lot of people agonize, oh, you know, and especially, you know, women losing weight or, or guys gaining muscle or, you know, people with their finances, like the solutions are really simple. But we see people agonize them over all them all the time. So I started reading outside of the fitness space and I came across this guy, a guy named Michael Masterson. He had a website called early to rise. And I stumbled across that in 2002 and was a subscriber for many years. I became a guest contributor in 2005. And then in 2006, I hired my own first business coach and he helped me grow the business right around the time my first anxiety attacks helped me get through those two. And then the business took off. And that's when people started coming to me and saying, hey, can you show me what you're doing with the business side of things? And I was just essentially selling ebooks on the internet. And I started helping people. And I had my first seminar in 2007 with uh, 50 fitness experts. And then I started other coaching programs. And then along the way, I became known as a guy who gets a lot of stuff done. And people were like, how do you get so much stuff done? So we started incorporating that into the coaching. And then also the vision and planning that you see pretty popular in pro programs like Entrepreneur Organization, Scaling Up, and Cameron Harold, a, a guy who has a, a program called Vivid Vision and that sort of stuff. So, you know, very much like athletes on a uh, Olympic athletes on a four-year cycle, right? Like mm -hmm. they have that vision of where they're going to be at the next Olympics and businesses and people should have these uh, visions as well. You know, three to five-year visions of where you want to be and what with your family and with your personal life and your health and, and your business. And so I started incorporating all three of those elements, you know, what was working for me, personal discipline and productivity combined with getting a good vision and plan for your life and that's, you know, I started doing that in 2007 and didn't become my full-time gig until 2015. So we ran the fitness business for a long time, especially as it moved into more follow-along workout videos that became really popular. So technology improved, which actually helped the business. And so along the way, I was running the, the fitness business was, you know, 80% of my income and 20% was coming through coaching. And then I just realized I wanted to move more and more away from the fitness because you can only talk about like, hey, do push-ups first, then squats. No, no, this time you're going to do squats, then push-ups, you know, to the, to the average gym person. You know, you can only talk about that stuff so long before you get a little bit bored of it, then you want to move on. And, you know, you know, there's certainly people like Jack LaLanne who could talk about it forever and ever, but I couldn't. So <laughs> I was finding that transition. And then I wrote my first book, The Perfect Day Formula which allowed me to make the big leap. At the most recent 2019 World Junior Hockey Championships in the Czech Republic, Team Canada's number one goalie was Nico Dawes. Nico is a great story. Heading into his NHL draft year, he was not on the Canadian team's radar. In the summer of 2019, Nico trained hard with the support of the great team at Shield Performance in Burlington, Ontario. He built up his body armor and lost 25 pounds. He came to the Guelph Storm camp in the best shape of his life and earned the number one spot for the defending OHL champs and then earned his spot with Team Canada on one of the hockey world's largest stages. One of the tools used by Nico was the Matrix Fitness S-Force Performance Trainer. The S-Force is a no-impact weight-bearing training tool that can improve fast-twitch muscle fiber, increase explosive performance, and support many conditioning objectives. Matrix Fitness produces training tools that focus on improving the training experience for athletes and coaches alike. For more information, please request the Matrix Fitness Sports Performance Package from their Canadian Director of Education, Annie.Villeneuve, at matrixfitness.com. And mention the Leave Your Mark podcast to qualify for your 20% discount. Hmm. I, I want to unpack that for a second because a lot of the people who listen to my podcast are in the human performance industry in different different ways. And I'm interested sort of how you you brokered, broke, broached, or managed. Yeah, and maybe there was nothing to it, but it would be interesting to hear your your intuition on change like recreating yourself because I think a lot what happens I find in the in the 
call it the strength conditioning industry, the personal training industry is, and you sort of talked about it earlier. You, you know, you go to school, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you come out. Then you got to get this certification, get your master's, and then you got to go get the job. And now you're training people. And then there seems to be this kind of drive towards solopreneurship. Um, but, you know, I think people get stuck in that solopreneurship place or that job place. And they, to, to what you just said, in essence, start to either get bored with it, but they get scared of what's on the other side or reinventing themselves. Talk about that for a second. It's a great question because people, people get really hung up on this. They go, how did you go from being a personal trainer to doing what you're doing today? And I'm like, well, I just went and did it. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> you, you can, you know, in this day and age, people are going and changing every aspect of their lives. And the people who do it simply go and do it. You know, how does the rock go from, you know, being, uh, you know, not even making the Calgary Stampeders and leaving with $7 in his pocket, you know, seven bucks, mm -hmm. that's the name of his production company these days, mm -hmm. to being the highest paid actor in the world. Well, he just went and did the work. And mm -hmm. so, okay, listen, if you want to do anything in life, what's, what's really the, the cycle to do it? You go and find someone who's been there and done that and achieved what you want to achieve. And you look at the path they took. That's what I did when I hired my first business coach, this guy, Tom Venuto. Tom was selling a lot of eBooks on the internet. I wanted to sell a lot of eBooks on the internet. So I went and asked Tom, will you coach me? And he coached me to do exactly what I wanted to achieve. Now, as you get coaching, you start to change yourself as a person and you start to see additional opportunities. Now, if you're doing the same thing over and over every day and you're not around new people, it will seem very difficult for you to change. It will seem very difficult. But if you are exposing yourself to new environments, if you're reading stuff that's completely outside of your area, just learning and seeing, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that the, the future is super bright. I'm a big believer in power of technology and abundance and all this sort of stuff. And what, you know, some of these researchers are doing in areas of expertise I can barely understand is fascinating, but I try and keep myself open to the ideas and I go to events in, you know, that are not necessarily completely related and directly related to the business that I have just to see, well, what else is out there? Mm -hmm. So if you expose yourself to new environments, you have a model path to follow, you can climb Mount Everest or you can change your career, whatever it is. But first of all, you have to know the path. You need to get some expert advice along the way. You need to get expert feedback along the way. And, but that's how you, you know, that's what I call the virtuous cycle. And it's the same for learning how to squat or learning how to be a great presenter. You find out your baseline, you get expert advice, you go and take action, you get expert feedback, and now you have a new baseline. And if you just keep cycling through that loop, you can become a thousand pound squatter or you can become a person who gets standing ovations when you do presentations, mm -hmm. but you just have to go through it. Baseline, advice, action, feedback, baseline, advice, action, feedback. That, that's all life is. Then if you want to change anything, you just go through that a thousand times and you'll be a different person. I want to pivot off that because I think that's a fabulous sort of dissertation on, on that process. Um, but we're living in this, this era of people achieving a lot but also being empty inside and they're dealing with the emotional, there's sort of the emotional crisis around that, whether they turn to drugs or food or too much exercise or too little, all these different things. I mean, that seems to be a more and more pervasive thing. And it, and it seems to be this kind of searching for happiness cycle that nobody seems to be able to achieve. So on the one side, we have this call it productivity and you can achieve what you want to achieve. But then on the other side, we seem to have, this huge dichotomy of people who are really unhappy about achieving. What, what are we missing in your view? Here again with another word from our sponsors, Zenkai Sports, who want to let you in on a little secret. Performance apparel hasn't changed much in the last 20 years. Most apparel is still based on moisture-wicking synthetics, which not only make you more overheat faster, but are toxic for your body and the environment. Synthetics don't biodegrade, so that stinky workout shirt you have to throw out after six months, it lasts for thousands of years in landfills. Zenkai is the only cotton-based training apparel on the market, 
keeping your body safe from those scary petroleum-based synthetics found in most workout gear and giving you that extra edge when it counts. Be a part of the solution and join the revolution for better apparel technology at www.zenkaisports.com. What's in your ZNA? For 20% off your entire order, please use the discount code LYM20. Well, I mean, I think you have a really excellent observation there. And I mean, it even goes to morning routines. And, you know, there's going to be a few people who, who go, yeah, this is me. Because a lot of people have built these morning routines, which are nothing more than a perverse form of procrastination. And, you know, I joke about this all the time. I say, you've got your journaling, your free form journaling, your gratitude journaling, your yoga, your meditation, your exercise. You got to watch a YouTube video or two for motivation. Then you have to do interpretive dance. You know, it's, and, you know, you got this two and a half hour morning routine. And, you know, people have become very productive at morning routines. They've become very productive at things that don't need to be done because at the end of the day, humans are wired to take the path of least resistance. And they're doing these morning routines instead of doing something that is very difficult and brutal to do. It's like, you know, someone going into the gym and doing leg extensions and leg curls and, you know, a couple other exercises where all they really needed to do was squat. Mm -hmm. But squatting is the hardest thing to do. So they do all these other things instead of, and that can lead you down into being very frustrated because you're, you're in a world of activity, but no accomplishment. So that's one aspect. The second aspect is something that everybody recognizes, which is now we see everybody else's successes much more prevalently in our lives through social media. And, you know, unless you're the rock, like even the rock probably like has days where it's like, oh man, Brad Pitt, you know, won the Oscar. I haven't won the Oscar yet. You know, he'll have a bad day, even though he's the, you know, the most successful guy in the world. So in terms of movies and getting paid these days, and I mean, he just Mm -hmm. has so much going on. So everybody has inside of them, they're seeing somebody else who's a little bit further ahead, who maybe has a few more goals than they do, or, you know, is, is a little, you know, has 10 more pounds on the bar, whatever it is. And, the solution to overcoming that is knowing yourself, knowing yourself and having a vi- having that vision for your life and really keeping it simple because a lot of people want to do a lot of things. Oh, we want to go to a new country every year and we want to, you know, be able to take the family here and we want to be able to, you know, we want to write a book and we want to, you know, grow our social media following. At the end of the day, you got to draw the line somewhere. Because if you don't draw the line somewhere, you can be up 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of your life trying to accomplish all these things, which is detrimental. Mm. And so the, the more you're willing to know yourself and know what really matters, what really matters, do you need more money or do you need more time with your wife? At the end of the day, what do you really need? Do you need to, and I'm glad that you brought up the too much exercise thing because There are far too many people, especially in the fitness world, who are exercising too much. You know, I'm trying to build a business, but I'm going to the gym six days a week. Well, listen, if you're going to the gym six days a week and you're 35 years old and you're not actually in any type of physical competition, you don't need to be doing that anymore, okay? The the horse has left the barn. You're not 20 years old anymore. You can't recover from it. And, And what's the whole point, right? What's the whole point? I actually tell people to, and I just got one of my coaching clients he was like, I'm not sure if I should give up competitive bodybuilding. And you know, he's 40 years. I'm like, dude, you need to give up competitive bodybuilding 10 years ago. It does. It's not bringing anything into your life other than sore joints. And it's taking time away from your business. And you need to make more money in your business for your family. Like we all are in seasons of our life. And you know, when you're 20 years old, you might be in a season of health because you're you know, on the verge of being a you know, getting a college scholarship or pro athlete. Okay. So yeah, focus on your health then. And don't worry too much about business or trying to get married or whatever. But then, you know, some people, when they hit 29 years old, they're engaged and they're trying to build a business and, or, you know, they need to really focus on the business, take care of the family. So you are in a season of financial stuff. And then three years later, when you have a one-year-old kid, like that's the number one priority in your life. And if you can't make it to the gym, four times per week, you, you got to understand like the kid surviving is more important than you going to the gym four times a week. And so people do get their priorities mixed up because they're trying to do everything. And if you can know what really matters and you, you know, what matters to me, doesn't have to matter to you. It's mm-hmm. being okay with what matters to you. There are certain people in life who want to be a billionaire and you know what? 
they're going to go and live their life trying to be a billionaire and that's totally fine. But there are other people who, who are influenced by other people's financial goals and they sacrifice what really matters to them. And that's where they end up either empty, frustrated, anxious, when you know what really matters and you can draw that line and say, you know what, I'm willing to go this far for business and financial success, but I'm not willing to go any further. And that's, you know, both a moral thing, you know, because you can push really hard and be, you know, lack ethics in business and people regret that later. Or maybe it's an amount of time that you put in your business. You say, listen, I'm willing to work 37 hours a week, no more. I'm not willing more to, you know, cause I have three kids and they have hockey and I want to spend time with them. And I've got a, you know, a wife or a husband and I want that relationship to be strong because when I'm 90 years old, sitting in my rocking chair, you know, my artificially intelligence enhanced rocking chair that we'll have in when we're 90, I don't want to look back and say, great, I made, you know, a million five one year, but I got divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what you need to know. And that's why the future casting is so important. So Long, wrong, uh, rambling answer there, Scott. But, but at the end of the day, know thyself is probably the most important advice I can give to everybody on this. And I'll tell you what, some of the most fulfilled and peaceful people that I've met, you know, they don't have huge financial goals and they knew exactly what they wanted, how much they needed, and they were as content as heck. And the people in the room, you know, this was at one of my coaching sessions who want, you know, who just went more and more and more you can see they'd never be happy or satisfied. And at the end, at the end, I mean, we're all just a speck of dust here. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How did, well, how would you describe for yourself at this point, what you consider to be success in a sense? What is, what does that describe in, 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 in your gut? I, I think it comes back to knowing yourself and then acting in accordance with your goals and your vision. So you must be aligned. The person who is aligned, the person who is comfortable in their own skin that person is successful. And, and I don't think like, Hey, you know, everyone, I'm not selling people to, to, you know, neuter their dreams or to hold back or whatever, but you know, there's an, a guy named Ed Milet. He's kind of famous in my new world in the coaching world. And he has this great thing and, you know, re- set aside whatever your re- religious beliefs are, but Ed's very religious. And, and he says, you know, God made this best version of Ed Milet. And when I die and I meet that, best version of Ed Milet. I want to be as close as possible to that best version of Ed Milet. Hmm. And I really think that's a really good analogy. Like, okay, listen, we were blessed with gifts and talents. And I mean, anybody who's listening to this, you might have one or two problems that are not first world problems, but 99% of your problems are first world problems. And Hmm. we must be grateful for that. So we've been blessed with the opportunity, most of us listening here are probably in North America, we've got an education, we've got opportunity, we've got family, we've got health, we've got food, we've got shelter. We need to go and make the best of that. And so for me personally, I'm like, okay, listen, I, I don't watch television. That That is something that I, I feel horrible when I do it and it doesn't get me any further ahead. And quite frankly, I want to live, I want to be the best version of me that I can be. I'm going to put myself in in difficult conversations all the time and challenge myself, much like I put myself in difficult workouts to challenge my body. Mm -hmm. I want people to give me feedback and tell me where I can be better. And I want to be around people who expect better from me, whether they're friends or whether they're uh, coaches that I hire for speaking or for business. I want people to be challenging me because they see greater opportunity in me. And everybody Mm -hmm. listening to this can resonate because you've seen an athlete who has great gifts and abilities. And I want you to understand that when you give that athlete advice, I want you to listen to that advice as if someone was giving that advice to you. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the specificity may be different. Like, hey, listen, you can come in here and work harder in the weight room that you say to the athlete who has great talents and you you, you worry about them squandering it. But the advice to you is, listen, you've been given great gifts and abilities and, you know, going home and binge watching Game of Thrones. Like, listen, if if you, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones and I don't feel like my life is any less because of it. I no longer watch sports. You know, the, all the stuff that I grew up, I, I can't sit down and watch that stuff anymore because, you know, Scott, eventually I got to the point where I'm like, 
all these people are younger than me and I don't understand <laughs> why I would want to be involved in their lives. I'll never meet them, that sort of thing. So, you know, you can, you can disagree with me or whatever, but I mean, I, I really believe like sporting events are still like a great accomplishment, but I don't get wrapped up in the, the sports. I mean, what people yeah. do, the amazing, you know, adversity that people overcome, that's great. And I will watch some of that, but I don't, you know, wear the shirt. I don't get angry if, you know, the team loses because that's, that's not the best use of my energy. So everybody, what I recommend that you do is get very clear on what you have the potential to be in life and then make sure that your actions and your goals are aligned and everything that you tell other people that you want to achieve should be true to you. And if, you know, once you know exactly what it is, you should design your life and your work and your, your family life around the best version of you. And when you can get that, it doesn't matter if you're making 40 grand a year or 400,000 a year, that's success to me. That's awesome. Talk about the, um, I'm curious where you sort of lay on the, the idea of patience in the journey, so to speak, because I think, you know, in this day and age with, with the social media and everybody looking around, I think people become impatient or they expect, you know, to your point about um, the fellow who sort of looks at the, the sort of perfect version of themselves when they're finally, you know, pass away. Like, I think people lose sight of the fact that really we're on this earth to travel that path and to discover ourselves and we get impatient with it. So, can you talk about that patience piece a little bit? <laughs> You're asking me about patience. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm really a big believer or a big follower of stoicism and stoic philosophy. I think that, you know, if, if somebody is familiar with it, they probably would have heard that echoed in a lot of the answers I've given today. Hmm. And there's, there's a, there's one philosopher, Epictetus, and he basically says, like, if, if you are a janitor, on this earth, your job is to be the best janitor that you can be. And that kind of goes back to the patience aspect that wherever you are in your life right now, I'm not, I don't like some of these cliches, like you are exactly where you are meant to be. I don't believe that, to be honest with you. You are exactly where you are, uh, that I know for sure. And, but you don't have to be happy with it. But it doesn't mean you can be impatient with it. And so you just have to go, okay, listen, I don't, you know, I'm here. And, you know, I, when I was a graduate student, I was, I was like, man, I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. And I don't think I got impatient with it. But I, so what I did was I went and studied. I went and, you know, I was like, like I went through every website. Do they have a strength and conditioning coach? Yes. Here are his, here, here's his bio. Okay. He has this and this. He's connected to this person or he studied this person great, I'm going to put together the list and I'm going to go and start taking action on it. And so the patience thing, we all need to be patient. We should all do some type of mindful uh, activity, whether you do a guided meditation on YouTube or whether you do some breathing exercises or whether you do five minutes of journaling. Like it's, very, it's important to do that stuff. I think it's very beneficial. And to read some philosophies, you know, stoicism is a great place to start. And then for you to have that long view of life and then just realize, okay, am I doing the right things right now that move me ahead this long view of life and I, are, are the things I'm doing right now in alignment? And if they are, then just go, okay, great. I'm doing the best that I can do right now to move me ahead. If you know in your mind that you're not doing the best and yeah, maybe you're drinking too much during the week and you're watching too much television, then you need to go and find somebody who can give you the accountability or give you a better plan or, you know, up level you in life so that you overcome that. So that's, that's how I would look at dealing with the patients. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody should be somewhat impatient about where they are right now because we all know we can do better, mm -hmm. but then just make sure that you're moving in that direction. And then once you are, then you can be patient. Cool. Last uh, question, because I know uh, you got some time that you've got to manage with uh, all your day. So um, you've got this new book out. Um, tell me about your mission now, where you're going. Where's where's the next 10 years going for Craig Ballantyne? Yeah, that's a great question. And so um, the thing that I have these days, so I have, I have three books out now. So mm -hmm. Perfect Day Formula, then The Unstoppable Book, 
And then we wrote a new book that just came out, Perfect Week Formula. And so what we're trying to do is I want to build the the biggest and most impactful small business coaching company in the world with multiple coaches and different levels where we help, you know, everybody from the strength and conditioning coach to the CEO and founder of 10 to $20 million companies. We have people in that range, all types of industries, you know, everything from compostable straws to accountants to all these things. And we just want to help you know, it goes back to something I said earlier. I get very frustrated when I see people struggling with something that generally has a simple solution. And almost everything in life, the right answer is the simplest answer. Mm. Whether it's, hey, listen, you know, you're hitting the snooze button in the morning and you're not getting everything done. Well, the answer is to stop hitting the snooze button, get to bed earlier so that you get up and work on the most important thing in, in your business first and not get sucked into email because you won't get to that most important thing at four o'clock in the afternoon. Everybody knows that. And we just want to figure out how can we make it easier for people to do that. So, you know, one of my big lessons these days is about discipline and discipline is not about becoming the next Jocko Willink and, you know, being hardcore. No, the solution to discipline is actually through subtraction, subtraction, remove the temptations, remove the distractions and you will actually become successfully automatic because now you, you know, if you remove all the distractions, you know, you get rid of your iPhone and, and you, you have to create a workout program for a 12 week workout program for somebody. And you're just not getting it done because you're screwing around your iPhone, screwing around your computer. But I put you in a room with nothing but pen and paper, nothing but pen and paper, you would get it done. Mm. And that's discipline through subtraction. So everybody, if you're not getting something done, remove all the things that are stopping you from getting it done and you will get it done. And so that's the mission right now is to simplify everybody's success and give them a path to get there, but also, also help them understand what, where that final destination is so that we can create the best path for them. Awesome. Good way to finish, sir. Thank Thank you you for taking the time. I appreciate it. No problem, man. It's great catching up and really cool to talk to uh, this audience again. It's been a while and definitely talking to them on a different subject matter than when I did the interval training presentation, I think, in 1999. <laughs> well, if you have nothing to do June 27th, 28th, you can come relive your hockey life again. And that's in Montreal? We're going to go to Mont Tremble. That's where I live now. So oh, man, that's amazing. You can even combine some nice hiking and stuff. I oh, love it. All right, man. Well, uh, Good luck with all the things you're doing. I assume people can find you on earlytorise.com or craigballantine.com or whatever. Yep. You're, you're, and, and Instagram you're uh, at real Craig Ballantine is probably where I'm very active. Beautiful. All right, man. Have a great day. All right. Talk to you later, Scott. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today. And we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story, taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at Kimo Payne and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de Saint-Rome.